Welcome to episode 251 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, and this week we've got another good one because we've got Tommy Erickson of Slumlord Radio joining us. I think this one has been a long time coming. Oh yeah, definitely. We played these guys, you know, long ago, and uh, they've always supported us, liked our shit. Yeah, yeah, we've been talking about this amongst ourselves for ever since we played them because we yeah. love their music. Yeah. And probably three years ago now, finally made it happen. Slumlord Radio is out of Michigan. We're going to get into all that here in just a bit. Before we do, as always, we are sponsored by MedFarm and DEB Concerts. MedFarm is a dispensary located in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma at 24683 East Highway 51. If you get in there and tell them that we sent you or you mention our name, they'll give you 10% off your order, which is very cool. They're always running other specials as well. So if you follow them on Facebook at MedFarm, that's P-H-A-R-M, you won't miss any of the specials. You can also follow them on Instagram at MedFarmOK. Their website is MedFarmOK.com. You can also see all their products at Leafly.com as well. They've got a doctor on site every Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. if you need to get a medical card. And their slogan is Cannabis with a Cause because 30% of their profits are going to build no-kill animal shelters. And they've already got a site and a building, and they're working on getting that set up. So that is very cool to be able to have one, another one of those here in this area of Oklahoma because it's greatly needed. As we've talked about in the past, you know, it's like, why would you support any other dispensary whenever all these other dispensaries don't give a shit about animals? Right. And MedFarm obviously (laughs) does. That's right. That's right. That's right. 30% of the profits, man. I love it. (laughs) Locally owned, Oklahoma owned, family owned. So get in there. MedFarm. Tell them we sent you. DB Concerts is an area promoter right here in Tulsa that keeps bringing in some great acts to downtown. Like Saxon. Warrant. What am I drawing a blank? I usually rattle these off. Winger, Firehouse, uh, Tom Kiefer, Sebastian Bach. No, I'm drawing a blank. It's <laughs> contagious, you bastard. Yeah, I know. Kicks, Junkyard, LA Guns, Dockin. There you go. Uh, Striper. And, and they got Buck Cherry coming up. That's right. February 22nd at the Ideal Ballroom. Buck Cherry will come into town and Fist of Rage and Grind will open that show, which is very cool. Both of those bands are excellent. They've both been on this podcast several times. That's right. If you hit one of those two bands up to buy your tickets, you'll save a little bit of money. You'll help them out as well. So do that. So you can head out there February 22nd. Eddie Trunk will be at the show as well. Hosting it as he does all the ideal barroom shows. DB Concerts also booked the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma for the second year in a row. And this year is going to be great because they've got Warrant and Bullet Boys and Hurricane Alice on the uh, pre-party night. Then they've also got Liliac, Lynch Mob, and John Five and the Creatures headlining the other three nights. You can find a full schedule. Or you don't see the schedule, but you can see the full lineup of bands at rocklahoma.com. Also get on debconcerts.com, bookmark that so you don't miss anything. Follow them on Facebook and Twitter as well. And tell them that we sent you. Definitely. Before we get into some other stuff, I'm going to talk about something that I've been putting off for like several episodes. Yeah. And it's been a while now. We're here in the beginning of February. And I think it was like January 10th or 11th, I went to uh, Dallas for the Evil Beat 
Volume 2. Yeah. Which was the Power Trips Festival, or their second annual. I mean, it's a festival, but it's an indoor thing. Obviously, it's January in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, and, one. <laughs> right. Right, yeah. Last year, they did it, and it was, uh, I think it was late 2018 they did it. And it was mainly, I think, all local and area bands with them headlining one of the nights on their 10th anniversary. And then this year, they kind of upped it, and it was at the Southside Ballroom. They had two of the rooms, two stages going, and they had a packed fucking house at the Southside Ballroom. Yeah. Because I'd never been there before. You know, we've been to Deep Ellum countless times in our life. Yeah. But this is my first time there, and it was really cool the way it was set up. It's got several different rooms. You obviously could have a few different events going on at the same time, but so it's a great place for something like this where you can have two stages running and power trip did a great job of uh, bringing in. You could tell they kind of booked some bands that I think influenced them because they had carcass. Oh yeah. And they had violence. That's rad. Violence has, you know, reformed here this past year after Phil Dimmel left uh, machine, machine head. Is. Yeah. They kind of reformed and they've only done sporadic shows since then. I think they did the 70 thousand tons of metal crews as well. And then they did this show. So they haven't really done that many. And then they had Razor, which is a thrash band from the 80s out of Canada. And, you know, all those bands were fucking... Like, Razor, I think, was the highlight for me. Yeah. Like, I was, wasn't... was I mean, I'd seen that name a long time ago, but I wasn't really ever familiar with them. So I listened to a lot of them leading up to going to the show. And they were just fucking excellent. Just old school thrash at its finest. And then Violence was another band that, like, I looked into him a long time ago, but, you know, once I became a big Machine Head fan, mm-hmm. since both uh, Rob Flynn and Phil Dimmel had, you know, came from there. Yeah. But it's the same thing. I kind of listened to him more leading up to it, and they were, you know, to be able to see Phil Dimmel right up front, welling on guitar again, it was very cool. Yeah, hell yeah. And then, you know, there was some other great bands, like a band called Red Death, which I feel like I've seen that name, but... I've, I've seen that name before, yeah. too, yeah. And they were the same way, just a fucking wall of, you know... Thrash metal intensity. And and Death Heaven was there, right? Yeah, but I, I miss them. Well, that's... And I'm not going to, like, say anything. I just... My experience with Death Heaven... Yeah. Listening to them on Sirius and places like that didn't make me want to go see them. Yeah, I just... I mentioned <laughs> it because, you know, a lot of people like them. Yeah. And I got... They're I critical, got it. darling. Yes, I get, I get that. The critic, yeah. But I, and I will tell you, that's one of the coolest fucking names... Oh, yeah. ...ever. I remember I listened to him it, the first time I saw that just because I thought the name was cool. And that could be, you could you could plug in, that could be a punk band, a thrash band, uh, just a rock and roll band. I mean, that's just a great name. Yeah. <laughs> well, Torch was also there and they were fantastic. They're the first band I actually saw once we got there. And it, uh, I'd seen him before opening for Clutch, but they're just, I mean, they're so good live and they're kind of, uh, you know, their live show and their stage thing, it was almost kind of like a borderline psychedelic thing, kind of like you get from Mastodon. Nice. But they've okay. got that, they're more rooted in that hard rock, stonery kind of groovy sound. And so, you know, they're they're another great band if you've never seen them. And then Carcass, you know, just to be able to see a band like that, that, you know, has been around forever. Forever. And influenced so many other metal bands. I mean, it was crazy to go to the show and like every... I, had, I don't think I'd seen any of these bands live except for Torch and uh, Power Trip. 
and with that many bands, that's kind of unusual these days for yeah. for us since we've seen so many shows. Yeah, yeah. we're old hands at this, right? <laughs> and Power Trip, of course, I talked about when I finally got to see him. At oh man, Exo One Eleven. I still got to see him. Yeah. I'm sure it'll happen this year. I got a good feeling. Yeah, it's got to happen. I mean, these guys are on the way. I mean, they've been around for what eleven years now, but they're on their way up. I mean, there's two on this projector. You have, yeah. They're, you know, I'll say it. You know, I love Havoc. I love Toxic Holocaust. I'm sure I'm, who else am I forgetting? There's all these, there's kind of like this new wave of thrash bands. Yeah. Battlecross and Power Trip are the two bands that, to me, are kind of like defining that small movement, you know, as genre, even though they, neither one of those are even as got as big, I think, as Toxic Holocaust or Havoc, at least name-wise. Definitely. So, Yeah. You've got to see Power Trip Live if you haven't. They're just unbelievable. Yeah, so just wanted to throw all that in there because it was a cool thing. Definitely, definitely. Um, I, I want to talk about something real quick. Can I before, guess? Before we get into it, I'm sure. Is it Kirk Weinstein's album? No. Okay. No, that, no I thought <laughs> we need to. Yeah. Caught me off guard, though. We'll, we'll get into that, though. Okay. Um, but no, uh, February 8th, uh, this coming weekend, the Shame, Penny Mob, and Sloth, Fri- Sloth Fist from Dallas are going to be at the Mercury Lounge. And uh, that would be a great punk show to go to. So I'm going to try and make it. If that's your thing, get out there. Even if it's not, get out there anyways. You're going to love The Shame. Yeah, it's like, and, and, it's and, fun. And, yeah, and Penny Mob, I, I've heard them. I just haven't seen them yet, and that's my own fault. Anyhow, I'm 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 really gonna try to make it out there this weekend. I want to see this show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Shame the shame is just absolutely just a great time. Oh, I mean, it's it, they're they're one of the best band live bands around here. I mean, I only one day hope that I grow up to be anywhere near as cool as the Shame. That's right, seriously, and that's no joke. I mean, I love this band, and uh, you know. I got their their uh, album friendly on vinyl. It's just a great time. I did not it, know that you it, had that on vinyl. Yes, it's red vinyl. It f- it's fucking rad, and I mean it's just tight and anthemic punk rock. Right. Uh, so I will see you at the Mercury Lounge this weekend. And two of their members have been on this podcast. Yes, Chad Malone has been on this podcast Twice. a couple times, and then Terry Waska has been on this podcast talking about. The old Capitol Underground documentary that's about the Tulsa punk scene and metal scene, you know, from the late 70s into the early 90s. So mm-hmm. check that out as well. It's on Amazon Prime. It's fucking fantastic. Yes, definitely. It's one of those things, even if you're not from the Tulsa area, you freaking love this thing because it's just a great documentary about punk and rock. Exactly. So do we want to talk about Kirk Winston or do we need to wait? We need to wait. I want to listen to that. Again, okay. But the Kirk Winstein album is great. Yes. My first, my first like impression of it is it's like, it's, it's him. It's under his umbrella, but it's not crowbarish all the way. Um, I think he takes his voice in some different places. Right. But I'm going to stop right there because I need to listen to it a couple more times so I can really, really talk about it describe it gotcha all right is there anything else off the top of your head what'd you think of the grammys 
Oh, okay. You know what? I do I, have I do have something to say. I didn't watch it, but I know that you always watch that shit. I I don't know what it is. <laughs> I know we've had this. We've had this conversation ever since I was a kid. When it comes to award shows, variety shows, and shit, I have to. It's just a thing in me. I think it's a nostalgic thing more than anything, really. Right. I loved them when we were young. Oh right? yeah, and, and there's there's really nothing on the Grammy. I mean, I watch the Golden Globes and the Academy Awards all day because we're both into movies and all that. Horse yeah, shit, I watch the Oscars. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, but, you know, the Grammys, it was just, we we knew, Melissa and I knew there's nothing on here that's going to be anything worth anything. Maybe Aerosmith. But we just kind of put it on while we were doing shit around the house that evening. And, you know, hey, when Aerosmith comes on, I'll sit down and watch it or whatever. But what I thought was crazy was, you know, just out of my curiosity, before before the telecast, I kept checking the website. I want to see who wins the Rock Awards, who won the Medal Awards. Just, I know it's random, and the Grammys don't know their ass from a hole in the ground. But it's just, it's the nerd in me. It's the rock fan in me from when I was a kid. I still have to check it, right? Right. And then I, I looked, and like a bunch of rap and hip-hop awards were, were already announced. And I'm like, that's crazy, because usually that's what they put on the telecast. Right. So then we, we, we kind of start, you know, we kind of start paying attention once the, the proper show starts. And, you know, they have like, they, they televise, and this was on Eddie Trunk. I'm not saying anything that's no one doesn't know, but they, they televise the best comedy album. When the fuck have they ever done that? Wow. And then like, they don't really have a lot of awards. There's maybe, there's a bunch of bullshit, a bunch of performers, a bunch of people fucking lip syncing. A bunch of fucking dancers. It has nothing to fucking do with real music. Right. Um, and just a bunch of horse shit. And then, like, maybe, like, four big awards at the very end of the whole thing. I mean, like, you know, we used to bitch about, oh, they don't televise rock and metal. Well, they didn't televise a lot. And that's what I thought was really hmm. interesting about that. And then, you know, Aerosmith with Aaron DMC was sloppy as fuck. It was terrible. Yeah, that's what I saw several people saying it was a... And it was. It was... Kind of a shit show. It was a goddamn train wreck, so... I mean, but it's the Grammys. Well, I don't know. That's like 0.5% of the music I care about, you know, so... You know, but but the, just the big observation was, wow, they didn't really televise a lot of awards, period. Yeah. Um, And that just kind of shows you... You know, where, where popular mainstream music setting, which kind of was what we knew and what we bitch about all the time. <laughs> right? Well, we, we knew more than likely that Tool was going to win that award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I didn't see it, but I saw some headline thing that said that during their acceptance speech, they paid tribute to Neil Peart. Yep. So I don't know what that was about. If it was, like, real short or if it was a oh, whole speech know. or what. But. I don't know. And, I, cool. you know, in their whole in-memoriam montage, you know, they had Neil Peart in there, which, you know, I figured they would because Rush is a huge band. But I almost thought, man, what if they, they might save it till next year because he technically he passed away in 2020. Yeah. But they didn't. They did the right thing and put it on there since it was so recent. And, eh, so, you know, but they didn't put Bushwick, Bushwick Bill in there. God damn it. They didn't? No. That's kind of weird. Isn't it? <laughs> But anyway, so... So do you think... Uh, this is something we haven't talked about, you know, outside of when it first started, but the whole Joey Kramer thing. Okay, yeah. We have a we have a friend who is 
involved with the music business. Yes, Tommy. We do. Yes, we do. Who just said, "What do you think of this PR stunt by Aerosmith last week?" What he texted me. What are your thoughts? Do you think this is real, or do you think it's fake? What do you mean? That they're like, just doing all this for to, to drum up publicity? Yeah, I and never then eventually even thought about it that way. Then eventually, he's like, "If you watch the TMZ thing where they're there when he's trying to get in the studio, and those guys are at, it's See, like he just. Seen, I haven't watched him, but it's like him and a few other people said this just looks totally fake." Really, I, it I, just doesn't look realistic. I like, about why is TMZ there anyway? That kind of thing, you know. It's like, I, I don't know, man. I don't. I, I guess you know because you know we we look at these celebrities and aging celebrities as vying for attention still, you know. But at the same time, Aerosmith they don't need to fucking please anybody. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I think it's you know it's shitty to make your drummer for 50 years audition to get back in the band but then again if there's some serious medical problems i don't know man right i i I don't know what to do it's a sticky situation and she ain't old enough to drink (sighs) god damn it simmons motherfucker (laughs) quick quick (laughs) so i i don't know i mean i would think if i was you know if i was down for the count you know, uh, but, but then I, I don't know, man. I fucking don't know. I mean, he ended up he ended up going to the ceremonies. Right, he just didn't perform. Fucking, boy. you know, ready. He spoke at the their thing. Yeah, like the him, he was the only person that spoke yeah. besides Steve well, Tyler. And, yeah, and they didn't they didn't even speak at the Grammys, from what I heard. Okay, so which doesn't surprise me. So fuck, man. I don't know. I don't know. Well, on a positive note, they. I mean, I guess positive. They announced their 50th anniversary show will be at Fenway Park in That's Boston. Cool. Well, as with, it should. With Extreme opening up. Really? I did not is, know Extreme was opening. Yeah. That's fucking great. Which is great because, you know, great. they could easily just get some random, you know, like new band to try to, like, you know, look cool or have, you know, but Aerosmith doesn't need help selling tickets, especially mm. for that show. Yeah. So it's cool that they got another Boston area band. Yeah. Did. Deserve to be playing a fucking fooled up baseball stadium, you know? True, true. <laughs> and, and going back to the Grammys real quick, there was a really cool moment. Um, they did a tribute to some guy. I'm an asshole. I forgot who it was. I, Tommy I, Victor? No. No, I'd remember that. <laughs> it was. I think it was a producer or something. I, I don't know. I'm probably wrong. Uh, it's me. I am wrong. Let's not fuck around. But, you know, it was just this whole... Revolving door of artists, you know, like in one whole song, you know, in this whole medley of whatever the band was, or whoever there it was a tribute to. And uh, there's Gary Clark Jr. and shit like that. But then all of a sudden, the the War and Treaty came out, which is a duo that I saw last year on New Year's Eve in uh, Nashville, open for Old Crow Medicine Show. Right. Uh, they're a husband and wife duo, and it's. They're R&B, but they're really kind of Americana and rootsy, too. And uh, they sing like, they can sing like motherfuckers. It's amazing. So it was really cool to, you know, and they had, they they had talked about on stage, they had just moved to Nashville, and they're just getting their career going. And then to see them, you know, on TV, that was really cool. I thought that was awesome. So, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Well, should we get into this? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. We've got Tommy Erickson, who is the... 
vocalist and guitarist for Slumlord Radio. And a couple things here. First off, like you mentioned with Def Heaven, Slumlord Radio is a fucking great name. It is. It is. I've loved it ever since we first seen it. Whenever came across some while, you know, however many years ago that was. They're out of Michigan. They're great. They describe themselves as punk and roll, which I always thought was cool as well. That is cool. Because it's, I mean, you get that vibe. It's it's not punk. It's not heavy metal. But it's just somewhere between all that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And we recently played their new single, Gonna Be a Riot, here two or three episodes ago, which is great. They also recently released a cover of Stooges, I Want to Be Your Dog, which is great as well. Talk about that here in this interview coming up. So let's just get into it. Here's Tommy Erickson of Slumlord Radio. Gonna be a riot. Just got released here under a month ago. What's the response been like so far from everybody? Really good, man. We actually recorded um, up at White Elephant Records, and that's where we put the um, the record out. Well, the single we did a single, that single, and then a cover of the Stooges. Uh, I want to be your dog, but we put it on the record level too. But really good, man. I mean, we've uh, been getting quite a bit of airplay, and uh, everybody seems to be digging it. I mean, it's got a cowbell in it, so. You can't go really wrong with that, you know. <laughs> right. That, that's part of the formula. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, dude, I'm from Flint, the Flint area, man. So Grand Funk, dude. So it's got it's got to have a little bit of that cowbell, right? American band. So there you go. Speaking of, I want to be your dog. I mean, that's kind of a perfect song for you guys to cover. But how do you how do you go about approaching such a song a, a song that's like considered so classic like that? Well, absolutely, man. We uh, when I when I first told Jeremiah, he's the gentleman that runs the label, um, him and Alicia. But Jeremiah, his band actually opened up for the Stooges over in Italy. His band, Dirty Americans, like back in both three or something. So when I was like, "Hey, man, I think we're gonna cover on one of your dog," he's like, "Ooh," he's like, "I don't know, man." He goes, "He goes, I'll be honest with you, dude." He goes, "That's kind of kind of Michigan holy ground there, man." He goes, "But he goes, uh, he goes, all right." He goes, well, "Let's try for it, man. See what happens." So we did, and. Uh, it turned out pretty good, man. I think we did a pretty, uh, our own take on it, man. It's kind of like the modern Stooges, you know what I mean? But uh turned out really good, man. So we were pleasantly surprised. You think we can expect more singles in the coming year? Well, actually, we were going to start working on a, uh, an album here. Uh, we just had a couple delays. You know how it goes, man. And uh, we just we had been playing quite a bit and had a couple delays. But uh, we're actually going to start recording that here shortly, so we should have an album out this in 2020. So, okay, and that's with White Elephant, you said. Yep, White Elephant Records, yes, sir. Okay, so how's that relationship been for you guys? Great, man. I mean, really good. Uh, both Jeremiah and Alicia, I mean, they're really, uh, really on top of things. Uh, like I said, Jeremiah does the recording. Um, and he's a wizard in the studio, man. <laughs> he stays honest, man. So kind of, uh, and we kind of need that, you know, somebody kind of, so. You know, I, I think that you guys' sound is kind of an amalgamation of like the, 
the purest parts of a lot of different genres. Um, I don't think there's anything there that shouldn't be there. And I really dig that. Talk, talk about, talk about how that comes up and, and how you guys decided on, on your sound. I, you know, man, I mean, I think it's just a lot of, it's just sort of, uh, just a natural part of it, man. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just that dirty raw, <laughs> it's something we can't kind of escape, you know what I yeah. mean? It's, uh, I wish we could, sometimes you're like, man, it'd be kind of be nice if we could polish it up a little bit, but it just sort of always comes out that, uh, fuzzy and just not, you know, just gnarly. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of a Michigan thing being Detroit, you know, Flint, it's just sort of, uh, you know, MC five, Alice Cooper stooges, you know, it's just a natural thing of it, you know, I mean, kind of hard to escape sort of in the water. So, yeah. Yeah, it's like I, I I can hear it on the radio, but I also can hear it like in an underground kind of sweaty club, and that's a great thing to me in a way. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we certainly played our share of those, man, with some of the, the chicken wire up front. And <laughs> <laughs> well, you mentioned, you know, kind of holdups on an album because it's, it's been, you're coming up on five years since Too Pretty for Tijuana came out. Like, do you guys have a buildup of, of songs throughout that time or are you continually writing yeah absolutely man um got quite a bit of songs to choose from just kind of paring it down for the album uh like so we put out a uh single here a year or two ago uh holy smokes and we had like the video with um the gang of uh gang of gals robbing stores and saginaw and stuff like that and i had a shootout and all that and then um yeah it just sort of like one of those things we just kind of kept hitting delays, but yeah, now we're kind of really focused on getting it done. So yeah, we got quite a few to choose from. It's just kind of matter of kind of paring everything down. So how do you go about doing that when, when you've got a lot of material and, and, and try and just knowing when to stop or knowing when to, to keep going with the song? Well, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's kind of, uh, it, it kind of, it's like, it's when we practice what we're, what we're kind of digging and then now that uh, going into the studio, uh, especially working with like White Alpha and stuff like that, um, it's different working with somebody who's a really like a producer, you know what I mean? That's somebody that's like, uh, that'll call you out. I guess call it like, be like, hey, dudes, that kind of sucks, man. <laughs> you know, which is kind of cool to have somebody like that, you know what I mean? To have somebody like, guys, that's really good. Or, yeah, no, nah, man, I don't think that's going to, I don't think that's going to fly. So, you know what I mean? But also it's just kind of one of those things like, if if we find ourselves coming back to certain things, you're kind of like, yeah, that that's pretty good. We dig it, you know. And and then certain things just sort of over time just sort of get left behind, you know. And like, yeah, it didn't didn't quite work out. Was that something you guys didn't have early on? Did you like on the early stuff self produce everything? Yeah, we did. Well, one of the guys, Dave Flynn, in the band, um, <laughs> uh, was in the band, so we just kind of. Uh, you know, we're thankful we had him in it because we could just pump out stuff pretty quick, you know what I mean? Because he had his own studio. But uh, back in them, though, they were a little bit more rowdy days, too. So <laughs> it was kind of more just like, yeah, that'll that'll work, man. You know, let's uh, – hey, man, what time's a bar closer? Or actually, we'd record a lot of stuff, dude, like coming home from the bar. So it would be like 4, you know, 4 or 5 in the morning. Be like, all right, dude, let's, uh, let's see what we put down on tape, you know? Your guys' writing style, do you do the – three of you like write together or you do you kind of handle that as the the front man or um usually we'll start off um 
usually you know I'll, I'll be working come up with some riffs or uh, lyrics things of that nature and then uh take it into practice and then kind of just we'll, we'll hammer them out you know kind of hammer them into form a little bit and uh you know see what uh see what everybody digs you know see what everybody's like yeah man that's I like that, you know, or, Ooh, I don't know about that, you know? So it's kind of, that's kind of, it starts like just usually comes coming up with the riffs and, uh, riffs and lyrics. And if, if they work with everybody, we kind of take it from there. So kind of, kind of super glue it all together. So, so this year marks 10 years as a band. Uh, what has changed or, or progressed over that time? You think? Oh man, I know that's a trip, man. Um, a lot of stuff, you know what I mean? It's, uh, I think it's just sort of been a progression with our, uh, I think personal lives too, man, 10 years, you know, people having kids, things like that. So it's, uh, I think the progression, it's just sort of like, we've just sort of naturally progressed and we played a lot of shows, man. And when you play a lot of shows, you know, you sort of get to know, you know what everybody's going to play now, you know what I mean? Playing together so long. That that's what's kind of cool, man. Now you're kind of like you know what everybody's vibe is. So that, that's kind of the natural progression of it. Just playing together with the same lineup for so long, it's just kind of really neat. Now that you're like, oh man, you, you can kind of tell what everybody else is going to think. It's almost like you start you know, develop a little bit of that telepathy or something, you know? Yeah, you, you, maybe you don't have to practice as much. That might be cool. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we still do. I mean, it's usually getting together and be like, "Hey, dude, hey, can you swing by the party store, man, on the way? Like, <laughs> yeah. Grab some beers, you know." <laughs> we still we still practice, but uh, oh yeah, you got you to. know, oh yeah, <laughs> dude, you yeah. gotta have a good time, no? You know. Did Did you grow up in Michigan? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you yep. mentioned Michigan there. You know, some of the the big rock guys like Alice Cooper and MC Five and the Stooges. Like, what else? influenced you early on were you ever influenced by like the motown sound or nugent or anything else from that area oh dude I, you know absolutely all of it man i mean you know nugent um mc5 uh motown i mean we're really lucky here i mean they've got a lot of really good musical uh heritage here in michigan but you know everywhere too man i mean i grew up in metallica megadeth i saw you guys had dave elson on man uh that's very cool uh it was huge into them uh black flag uh you know a lot of the punk stuff too i think that that comes out in the music as well um queens of stone age you know kind of more of the stone rock type stuff so it's kind of um i mean that's one of the cool things too i mean we all kind of dig a lot of stuff so it all kind of like matt's a big circus survive guy i mean it's all just sort of um we all dig a lot of stuff so that's kind of neat but then again, like I said, it just sort of gets in that blender, and then again, it just sort of gets that dirty, dirty fuzz on top of it, man. So we just can't can't shake that. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember what it was like? Who it was for you that started, like making you love music, or one made you want to play an instrument? Oh, absolutely, man. Um, we went, and uh, my folks actually took me to. Uh, Pine Knob, which is like DT now, which is like an outdoor amphitheater. We saw uh, Van Halen, man, um, when I was a kid. And it was right, I remember it was the same day we put our dog to sleep, Jesse, like our, the black lab I had as a kid. So it was the same day, that morning we put him to sleep, and then we went to see Van Halen that wow. that day at DTE, dude. And I remember just being, I mean, it was just wild, man, because it's a big amphitheater, you know, and 
and after that, I was just like, man, I was like, that really just really turned me on to music. And, uh, you know, my dad was always listening to the rock stations in Flint and stuff like that. So kind of a combination of all those, like, but seeing that show, definitely, I was like, wow, I was just blown away. So what tour was that? Ah, uh, that would have been balance tour. Okay. That was, yeah, that was, yes. that was a good tour. Yeah, man. It was, uh, it was wild up on that hill, man. Cause they've got a big grass hill there and, uh, our lady peace opened and it rained the whole time. LA downpouring. And then like, right when Van Halen came on, it like, it cleared up, dude, but people are like rolling down the hill, dude. People, people are pulling their pants down, lighting shit, there's stuff on fire, you know? I mean, it was just, uh, just wild, man, <laughs> for, for a young, for a young man, you know? So. We, we, we actually, we saw that tour, uh, Skid Row opened in Oklahoma City, and that was the, that was the night that after the show was over and everybody was leaving, some drunk guy climbed up to the rafters of the arena and fell off and killed himself. Oh, really? That's, that's, that's my Van Halen story. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I don't know, man. That's, uh, that's definitely wilder. And I saw some wild stuff that day, man. A young man, you know what I mean? It's quite a quite an eye opener, man. But that uh But hey that, I mean, that out wild to have to have to put your dog down, uh the Van Halen show is probably a, a real a real boost up. It was, man. Yeah. Yeah, I just started playing guitar too, so um my my old man was stuff was a big uh big Van Halen guy, so decided to take the kids, man. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Was that some crazy nineties, man? <laughs> was that your first show? It was, man. Okay. It was. Like that, yeah, absolutely. So very cool. Looking into uh the rest of this year, you know, you've mentioned hopefully having an album out this year. What else can we expect from Slum Award Radio in twenty twenty? Uh, you know, like I said, we'll probably do uh, some music videos. We've been talking to a couple of the music video guys. Um Got a couple of really good shows to kick off the year. Um, we got a show at Twenty Monroe, which is a big, uh, big venue here in uh, Grand Rapids, on thirty first of January. Um, like I said, we got some really, really cool shows. We're playing Nights of the Road, a uh, motorcycle, big motorcycle party down in East Detroit, in Detroit there. And uh, so we got a lot of really cool shows coming up here in Michigan. And then, uh, like I said, probably I'm really excited to get that album out. Probably kick out a few videos and. Who knows, man? A couple other surprises. You know, you never know, man. So maybe we'll, we'll head down to Oklahoma there. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> nice. Yeah, so- yeah, like I said, man, we're, we're, good, we're good guests, man. We'll stay on your couch, cookie pizza rolls, and all sorts of stuff, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> well, final question for you. A lot of your artwork is really cool. Do one of you guys handle that, or do you have someone do it for you? Oh, man. The very first one, the cat's pajamas one, uh, I drew myself. The cat with the mini bike jumping over a flaming mattress. Right. <laughs> and that, again, like I said, man, that had to go back to a lot of times after recording, man. I think I was sketching that after we came back to the show. And yeah, it was, it was, them were rowdy times. But after that, man, uh, yeah, we've, we've had uh, Jennifer Fury did the uh, Too Pretty for Tijuana one. And then the, the single we just did, um, the gentleman Steven Yoda from uh, Indonesia did it, man. It was really neat, man. He's doing some really neat stuff. Uh, you can check out on Instagram. Same with Jennifer Fury, but they're both on Instagram. and They both do really cool, neat art. So way out of my drawing. <laughs> you can see the progression of art, man. Like I did the first one, and everyone's got a little bit uh, a little bit better. So <laughs> cool. 
Cool, man. Well, thank you for taking the time out to do this with us. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Like I said, man, we'll, we'll, we'll get on that Oklahoma trip here, man. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. People are free to leave the state. Yeah. Yeah. We'd love to have you here in Tulsa, Oklahoma City, or if you get anywhere close, we'll make the drive to Kansas or Texas or whatever. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Sounds like a plan, man. Well, hey, I appreciate you guys having me on. So looking forward to see what else you guys have coming up, man. Like I said, I dig all the stuff you guys have. So been a long time follower. So cool. We greatly appreciate that. Thank you, sir. There you go. Tommy Erickson, singer and guitarist of Slumlord Radio, three piece based out of Michigan, who frankly kick ass. Oh, they kick all kinds of ass. And uh, it was great to finally have him on here. Yes. Long overdue, like we've said, so if this is your first exposure to Slumlord Radio, get on Facebook and follow them, follow their Twitter, check them out there on Spotify, all the places you can find music. They've got some great stuff out, they've got a couple albums, they've got two new songs out, like we mentioned before the interview, as well as, like he mentioned in the episode, hopefully new stuff coming this year as well. So we'll be looking forward to that. If this is your first time listening, we appreciate it. You can dig back through our previous episodes. Just last week, we had on James Lomenzo, who was the bass player for John Fogarty. He was also an original member of White Lion, Pride and Glory. He played on Zach Wild's Book of Shadows. He was in Megadeth for a while. David Lee Ross Band, Black Love Society. So check that out. It's a great episode. We also recently had Doug Burgess from our sponsor, DB Concerts, talking about all the bands he booked for the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma 2020. Fat on guys from Prong, Crowbar, Sons of Texas, Seven Dust. The recently passed Reed Mullen was on here, episode 61. That's right. Also, Mike Dean, another original member of Crozier Conformity, was on here at a separate time, which was really cool. And yeah, we've had on guys from Kiss, a long-ass list. Oh, man. Megadeth. Clutch, Prong. Uh, we mentioned Crowbar earlier. Uh, we had them on. Uh, Super Joint. I Hate God. We've had all kinds of guys on. Yeah. So just dig through that. Check it out. You can find everything at thethunderunderground.com. You can also listen to us on Google Music, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, whatever it's called now. Um, tune in, Stitcher, Mixcloud. You can listen to everything on the website as well. You can find all our socials on our website. Our email is at the, or email, uh, excuse me, thethunderunderground at gmail.com. If you want to bitch about anything or talk about anything, hit us up there or in the comments on anything or else on YouTube. At the Thunder Underground, subscribe because we've also got videos that are separate from the episodes where we interview or we uh, review stuff and talk yeah. about whatever eat cheese yeah yeah there's a video where we eat cheese and review it that's not a joke so check that out is that that's what happened once we finish that episode pretty much <laughs> but yeah all that great stuff anytime you see or one of our posts like it share it comment on it all that stuff greatly helps out we appreciate it and i guess that covers it for another week all right once again thank you to med farm db concerts and Tommy Erickson, and until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.